0: Talk
1: Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of paraclophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to Liberaldan.com. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can also join us in the chat room on blogtalkradio.com slash dan. You can leave your questions and comments there. Also, you can uh, join us via Skype if you click the Skype button on that page. And finally, if you're listening after the live broadcast, uh, you can always leave your comments, questions, and concerns, etc., over on the show thread at liberaldan.com. Uh, today, I'll be talking about the 2016 elections and some of the newer goings on in the race, and the, most likely the main target of my discussion will be the infighting between uh, people supporting the two Democratic nominees for the office of president Uh, but first as always or as usual this week's headlines nancy reagan passed away this week until her death she was a fighter against alzheimer's unfortunately those she tried to help won't remember that she died in sports news sports legend and quarterback peyton manning announced his retirement peyton manning threw one of my favorite touchdown passes of all time an interception to tracy porter that sealed the super bowl victory for the saints The Supreme Court overturned an Alabama ruling that had denied a woman's adoption. Roy Moore is defeated by the Supreme Court yet again. In news of the dumb, a poster woman for guns was shot in the back by by her four-year-old. Was he a good kid with a gun or a bad kid with a gun? I don't know if I have that one right yet. And finally, in sad entertainment news, Rush, my favorite band, has announced that they will officially no longer be touring because of injuries sustained through Neil Pert's career. I has a sad, and that is this week's headlines. Now, before I get into the election, I do want to discuss um, one thing, which is that Supreme Court case, uh, the overturning of the Alabama ruling. Now. There was an argument, you know, based you know, lesbian couple adopts in Georgia, comes to Alabama. The Alabama Supreme Court doesn't follow the full faith and credit clause, or any other Supreme Court ruling that is pertaining to this issue. Now, it's you know, Roy Moore is an idiot, and there's more idiot Roy Moore stuff that's coming out. I mean, he doesn't believe that gay marriage has to be allowed in Alabama, even though. We have a Supreme Court ruling stating otherwise. So he, how he is back on the bench after getting kicked off is just beyond me. I mean, he is just an embarrassment. Uh, I guess the people in Alabama love him, though. However, the current story here is: it, it was two women who adopted this child in Georgia. So somebody had to challenge the adoption of one person, one person's adoption of the kid for the other one. Which means a lesbian went to the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama and asked the judge to deny the other parent her parental rights because of the fact that Alabama is so anti-gay that it would deny a gay parent rights. You have to be a special kind of evil person to be gay and to want to use Roy Moore's court to try and take the right of rights of somebody else who's gay. That's that's just a special kind of just evil right there. I, I can't even imagine the thought process it was like, well, you know, I really don't like how he rules, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to him anyway. Cause you know, it, it's you know I don't like this. I don't like my partner anymore, or something to that effect. It's just bizarre. I don't know. It's just that's cruel. So let's discuss the Republican uh, race first. On March fifth, we had um, Ted Cruz winning Kansas, Donald Trump winning Kentucky, Donald Trump ugh, winning Louisiana. Um, actually, it looks like, at the end of the day, in Louisiana, Trump got they got the, he got the same number of delegates as Ted Cruz, but he still won a higher percentage point. He still got 124,000 votes as compared to Ted Cruz's 113,000 votes. Rubio got five delegates from his 33,000. And, of course, Kasich got nothing. And the Cruz wins Maine, which is... You might think is weird because why is he winning up there? Why wouldn't Trump win up there? And Trump got nine. But Maine is kooky in in that their governor is really weird, very conservative guy. I want to say the Maine governor is the guy that was trying to say that all the drug dealers were coming in. And um, and he started listing off names that one might assign to black people and then say that they're, they're that he said that they're coming in and impregnating our white girls clear code for racism and then try to deny it. So yeah. Maine is weird. And then yesterday you got Trump who won Hawaii. Um Cruz, who was accused of pulling more shenanigans, sending out apparently uh his campaign sent out an email or somebody supporting him sent out an email saying that the Rubio Rubio's advisors were gonna advise him to quit so don't waste your vote on Rubio without verifying this with the Rubio campaign, obviously first, just like he did to Ben Carson in Iowa. And but it didn't help Cruz win Hawaii. Cruz only got six delegates, Trump got ten, uh, so it's not a lot, but he still won the state. Uh Cruz won Idaho. Uh, Michigan won, was won by Trump, uh, 25 delegates for Trump, 17 each for Cruz and Kasich, and Trump won 24, and Cruz won 13 of Mississippi delegates, so not a lot to discuss, honestly, in, in the Republican race right now. I mean, you have a lot of people who are suggesting that Marco Rubio should get out of the race, and if if you really want Trump to lose, I don't see why that's the case, especially before Florida. Now if Rubio can't pick up any other any other um, delegates, then that's one thing. And if, if Rubio is keeping if Rubio Rubio not picking up delegates and keeping other people from getting additional delegates for however the math would work, uh which doesn't seem like seem like it would make sense, then maybe Rubio should drop, but your best bet beating Trump. And again, Mitt Romney said this after I said it. So Mitt Romney must be a listener to liberal Dan radio. I'm, you know, guarantee it. I don't guarantee it, but, um, you know, it's funny that we both spotted the same theory in that you go in there, you take, you know, you have people go after a target different sections of the country, different, even counties, you try and target as many of those delegates as possible and at the end of the day, you try and get as many away from Trump as possible if you want to keep Trump from getting the nomination. So, if Cruz is the best bet to beat Trump in Florida, I mean, if Rubio is the best bet to keep beating Trump in Florida, then you keep Rubio in play. And if he doesn't win Florida, well, then if he doesn't if 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 Trump is able to win both Ohio and and uh. Trump is able to win both Ohio and Florida. It's going to be really hard to see him not getting the nomination. But I still would say that, you know, all of those candidates, as long as they have the money to do it, should stay in the race. Why? Because even if they get one delegate in a a state, maybe that one delegate is one delegate that another candidate might have gotten, but maybe that one delegate is a delegate that Trump would have gotten. And for every one delegate you take away from Trump, that's one delegate less he has towards getting the nomination. And the idea and the, the idea that them getting out of the race, Rubio getting out of the race, would mean that the other people would get more votes that are not Trump is flawed. Because there are people who might be saying, okay, well, I'll vote for Rubio because I like Rubio overall, but I don't like the other two for whatever reason, and I'm going to stick with Trump at this point. But they might say, all right, I like Rubio, Kasich is moderate, but 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 I don't and I don't like him. You know, I don't think he has a chance to win. I mean, that, that could be them saying that. But there's no way I'm voting for the evangelical Cruz, so I'm stuck with Trump. And that could be what happens. So you could have Rubio drop out of the race, and it can help Trump. Going against the conventional wisdom that a lot of people are suggesting uh, is the case. But I I don't think it's the case. Anyway, let me go ahead and take my first commercial break. Uh, If you want to call in the show, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio puck from the left, that's right. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency, and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings.
0: I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica R.W., and Autumn F. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from an independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network.
1: And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left up right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. To so join the conversation, it's area code 347 838 8368. That is area code 347 838 8368. Or you can ask questions in chat, connect via the chat room, via over Skype, or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments at the show thread on liberaldan.com. Uh, discussing the uh twenty sixteen uh, primaries the uh for race for president and there's a there's a lot of of stuff that's going on here and 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 i knew some of it, it there's there's been ugliness within the democratic party in this process for a while for for a while but it hasn't been hasn't been that bad but it's starting to seep up More and more. And now again, I'm gonna preface the show and I probably should preface say this every five minutes on my show, just in case someone tunes in late and doesn't understand at this point. I even put I even changed my Twitter description to include the fact that if if Bernie Sanders is the nominee for president, I will be supporting him wholeheartedly and I will actively and enthusiastically support his campaign for president in the general election. If Hillary Clinton gets the nomination of the Democratic Party, I will happily and enthusiastically support her candidacy and actively and enthusiastically support her candidacy for president in the fall. I am, I do not have any real favorites here. If Hillary loses and Bernie's the nominee, I'll be happy with Bernie the nominee, and I'm not going to be sad that Hillary lost. If Hillary wins and Bernie loses and Hillary is the nominee, I'm not going to be sad that Bernie Sanders lost, and I'll be happy to support Hillary. I can say this many different ways. And so for some reason, and part of it is this, is that the people that are supporting, there are some people, not all the people, but there are some people who are supporting both of these candidates who If I'm not pro their candidate, I'm now, if if I somehow criticize their candidate or if I criticize them in their advocacy for that candidate, I am somehow either being bamboozled, something one of my friends said on Facebook, or I am somehow showing a pro bias towards the person that they're not supporting in the primaries. Despite my saying these things now. Why, if I'm if I'm happy with both of them, why am I going to question them? Well, you know, I I think it's reasonable to have a discussion. I said this before as well. It's reasonable to have a discussion of the issues. We should take each issue, compare and contrast the Democratic nominees on those issues, and then individuals who are voting within a Democratic primary should look at those issues and say, okay. This is the candidate I support more. This is the candidate that I support less. I'm going to vote for this one that is about more in the primaries and hope that, that person wins. But here's the big but if you know if, if those people then don't come out in the general election and support the other person, if their primary candidate loses, there's a problem. Now the one that said that I was bamboozled on Facebook also <clears throat> basically was correct in saying that, you know, or or in repeating what I said or liking what I said and, and said it in a different way and basically said that this is kind of a scrimmage and that the main fight is coming in November. And he actively supports Bernie Sanders. He really wants Bernie Sanders to get the nominee, but he will support Hillary Clinton because she is his number two choice. That's fine. I have no I take no issue with that. other people were just insisting on suggesting that i was a pro had a pro clinton bias now a lot of the clinton supporters and i saw this coming a mile away during the debate on sunday when bernie sanders put his finger up and said hold on do not interrupt me you'll have your turn i said oh here we go here we go there are going to be Hillary Clinton supporters, probably the same ones who cried about Bernie Sanders saying that Planned Parenthood is part of the establishment. When it is, Planned Parenthood is part of the Democratic Party establishment. That is a good thing, that Planned Parenthood is part of the Democratic Party establishment. I wouldn't want the Planned Parenthood to not be part of the Democratic Party establishment. So, but as soon as he said that, as soon as he did that, I'm like, here we go. Here are going to come the claims of sexism. Bernie Sanders is a sexist. He is just telling a woman to go in her place. And I I could just see it coming from a mile away. And I was disappointed in that I saw it. I would have been happy and not disappointed. I would have been relieved if I was wrong. I would have loved to have been wrong, but I wasn't wrong. It came... And people wrongly accused Bernie Sanders. And of course the Hillary people were like, She wasn't interrupting him. She wasn't it was just a back and forth. And the Sanders supporters were like, oh, she obviously interrupted him. Blah blah blah. And there were memes or whatever. But I mean I I supported the I guess the Sanders side on this one of the issue on this issue because I thought that the Hillary supporters were wrong and that Bernie Sanders was there's nothing wrong with Bernie Sanders or any other candidate up there standing up and saying look don't interrupt me let me finish my sentence like it or not having a vagina does not protect you from uh, criticism if you interrupt somebody during a debate you know Cruz did it to Trump you know that's where the when the yoga the yoga comment joke came from Um, you know but of course Trump's not a woman Cruz isn't a woman, so there's no gendered issue there. But you know, if if Hillary was a man, nobody would have said a peep. Because Hillary is a woman, they said a peep. So, so, but of course, the the Sanders supporters ignore this part of my defense of them. And and but when it comes to this. Attack against Hillary. Oh, she's only winning the southern states. Well, she's only winning southern states except for Nevada and Iowa and Massachusetts. You know, different. now if you're from the south, if you're from Louisiana, anything north of I ten is is our Yankees. So, but realistically speaking, anything south of the Mason Dixon line, if maybe Maryland. Maryland can maybe not be considered a, a southern state. Um, even though it's below the Mason Dixon line. I I've used the fact that Maryland is the southern is, is below the Mason Dixon line um to avoid some Texans who wanted to haze me on a fraternity trip when I was in college. But so I was like, look, Maryland's south of the Mason Dixon line. But there are other people who be like, Oh, north of I ten, you're a Yankee So I guess it really depends on how far south you are, which will dictate how um how far north you have to go to reach Yankee Land. So, but they're criticizing Hillary Clinton. I'm not. I don't remember if I talked about this last week or not. But I'm going to talk about it again if I did. People are criticizing Hillary Clinton for going after the Southern states. Well, she can't win them in the, in the fall. Why? You know, winning them now is meaningless. Well, there was a blogger. His name was Dan was following the 2008 nomination process for the Democratic Party. And he saw President Obama putting a lot of, I'm sorry, he saw Senator Obama at the time campaigning a lot in the South. And I wondered to myself, why is he supporting, why is he going into the South and targeting and campaigning this hard in the South? It doesn't make any sense. These are not states he can win in the fall. So why is he putting all this effort in a a ground game here? It doesn't make any sense. And I voted for Hillary in the the primaries. And then later on, President Obama won the nomination. And I sat down and I thought about it. And I was like, well, of course Obama's going to win California. Of course Obama's going to win New York. Of course Obama's going to win the liberal states, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Of course he's going to win those. But in campaigning in the South and getting out a good ground effort in the South, that plus a favorable matchup in the North Carolina Senate race, you basically had a situation where he was able to win North Carolina. Why? Why? Because he targeted, in part, because he targeted the South, and he did what it took to win. So Dan, i.e., me, back in 2008 was wrong, and I and whenever I realized I was wrong, I admitted it as such. So I've experience in the use of this bad arguments against the candidate who goes to the South and tries to get Southern delegates in the Democratic Party. But that doesn't stop the Sanders supporters who must have a short memory or maybe they weren't even paying attention to politics eight years ago. And now we have a situation where Hillary's doing the same thing. and She's Campaigning smart. She learned her lesson. She's doing what she needs to do to win this election. And that is and that's not to say that I'm I'm supporting her winning the election, I'm just saying it's a fact. She needs to get the more more delegates than Sanders, and she's doing so yesterday. I mean, she was expected to win Michigan and she didn't get as many votes as Sanders in Michigan. Sanders got more delegates. I mean, Hillary still got a big chunk of delegates, but Sanders got more, so Sanders won Michigan against typical wisdom. But Hillary won Mississippi. Hillary winning Mississippi, and she destroyed him in Mississippi. And So at the end of the night, regardless, despite the fact that she lost Michigan, she got even more more pledged delegates and still leaves him on the pledge delegate count. And then when you want to throw in the super delegates on top of that, uh, that's another story altogether. So I criticized. I, I, before the show tonight, I put some criticism out there. I did a search on Twitter for Hillary, Wynn, South, just to see what I would find. A shitstorm has erupted because people were were just, being crazy. <laughs> um, again, somebody I, I made a. Somebody asked me if there's anything. Why? 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 She, He's like, why would? Why, why? Why should have? What is the reason to go vote for Hillary? I'm like, well, maybe her pro-choice, pro-women, pro-body autonomy stance that earned her the nomination, the her her the endorsement of Planned Parenthood, that could be a very good reason to support Hillary Clinton. I, but. but What did I say? What was my exact tweet? She has been a leader in sponsoring issues pertaining to body autonomy. I trust any SCOTUS nominee would pass that litmus test. And this guy goes, so is he. What's your point? My point is is that he asked for a reason to vote for her, and he instead says, well, you're just trying to be a shill for Hillary or whatever. No, I'm trying to say that – I'm trying to give an answer to your question. Um. So I mean this, I mean somebody he the same guy questioned whether or not people were attacking, and uh, this uh, one user referred to her as the corrupt Clinton clan KKK using all K's. But no, there's no attacks going against in this election. No, 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 no infighting, Um, and so. I don't know. I need to find this one tweet again. I'll do that during the during the commercial break, and I'll take a commercial break in a second. But the, you know, just, I just I'll get to both points after the commercial break. So let me just go ahead and or the news break. So let me go ahead and take that news break. Um, you can call in again if you want to discuss the issues. It's three four seven eight three eight eight three six eight. That's area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.
0: Of diversified media enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. 4,000 New Jersey Rail Transit workers could strike by Sunday, March 13th, if no new labor agreement is reached. The New Jersey Rail Transit Coalition, comprised of 11 unions, is trying to work with New Jersey Transit to reach an agreement. The Workers have worked without a contract for five years. Smart Transportation General Chairman Steve Burkert says that progress is being made in the talks. The two sides are meeting again Thursday. Healthcare costs and wage increases remain unsettled. Menards will no longer threaten to cut manager pay by 60% if workers form a union. That NLRB victory for workers was achieved after OPEIU attorney Seth Goldstein filed charges with the Labor Board. They
1: also have had each of the managers sign off that they understand that that change is in place, and that's been verified by the National Labor Relations Board. So that's an extreme victory because um, up to this point we were just taking the word of a vice president at Menard's and this is the first time that there's been some definitive action by the company to
0: remedy their violation of the law. More NLRB charges are pending against Menards, including an arbitration agreement the company forces employees to sign that forces the workers to accept arbitration rather than going to court or to the NLRB with grievances. Goldstein says that is illegal, and it's a very important issue in the Menards case. Arbitration agreements have to be modified by
1: Menards taking out the waiver for collective and class action and that there needs to be language that an employee can bring an action under their
0: agreement with the National Labor Relations Board. Goldstein says the NLRB expects to wrap up its decision on what to do in the Menards case by the end of March. Hillary Clinton has picked up another union endorsement. The Office and Professional Employees International Union chose Clinton Wednesday. OPEIU says the next president should be someone who is experienced in domestic and foreign affairs and who understands and prioritizes the needs of working families. OPEIU President Richard Lanigan says Clinton is by far the most qualified candidate for president. OPEIU says its executive board carefully considered the candidate's positions before endorsing Clinton among the issues it considered rebuilding the labor movement through labor law reform and protection of workers' rights to join unions, income inequality, raising the minimum wage, and retirement security. Workers' Independent News is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, online at teamster.org, and by the American Federation of Government Employees, online at afge.org. You've been listening to Win Workers' Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org.
1: Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. It's area code 347-838-8368. Here's one of the discussions that was going on uh, in reference to, um, I guess, it it just kind of shows how Twitter is bad for having serious debates at some points because you you can only shove so much into 140 characters. (laughs) So I made comment to him, something is wrong with this country if he, either Hillary or Sanders can't beat these GOP clowns. And he goes, yeah, but Hillary is pulling bad in general matchups. Big concern. Trump has easy ways to attack in a debate. I said, why do you think she isn't as polling as high as Bernie? Whose voters are abandoning the Democratic candidate? And of course, I mean, by saying that, I meant like, OK, so Bernie polls higher than Clinton. So who would who's 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 leaving the party if it's, if she's the candidate? And then she goes, she's not the eventual nomination. That's a myth. I said, I didn't say she was. Why well, have you responded with that? He says, well, you implied voters are abandoning the Democratic candidate that assumes she's the nominee. I said, no. If Bernie is the nominee, Hillary supporters are less likely to go somewhere else. If she is, Bernie voters leave. And then he, so to expand on that point, making is that we have a situation where you have people who are voting for Bernie Sanders, you have people that are voting for Hillary Clinton. Now, a lot of, you know, and whoever is the winner, Sanders currently might be polling higher than Clinton when it comes to, you know, against the other Republican nominees. At this point in time, it doesn't mean it's 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 going to stay that way. But to me, if, if, if Sanders is going to get a higher percentage of the vote than Clinton would in the general election, that tells me that there are people who... If, who are Clinton supporters, who will be voting for Sanders. But there are Sanders voters who will not be voting for Clinton. So that means that the Sanders voters, if, they, if their candidate lose, they're abandoning the Democratic nominee. And so his response was, by that logic, the smart choice by the party would be to support Bernie. No. And I respond, no. The smart choice would be for anybody voting Bernie or Hillary now to support the Democratic nominee in the fall. So uh, that's the point: is that if, if you're gonna, if you care about these issues, if you care about what's going on in the election and, and, and the important issues facing, you know, the each of these candidates are bringing up. But you, your candidate loses and you stay at home. That's that's. To me, the argument that you should support Bernie because Bernie polls better in the fall currently is silly. The argument should be people who are not voting for Hillary but would vote for Bernie are idiots. Seriously. Because if if you support the issues that you support, you're progressive. You're somebody voting for Bernie Sanders. You're probably somebody who is you know, pro-choice. You're probably someone who's pro-gay rights. You're probably somebody who is pro-body autonomy. You want to keep abortions. You want to protect the gains made by Supreme Court rules. You don't want to see the Supreme Court nominee, the Scalia replacement, be picked by Ted Cruz or Donald Trump. And God forbid something happens, to so like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you don't want to see a Republican picking Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. Do you? I would sure hope not. So why are you not supporting Hillary in the fall if you're going to support Bernie? Does it make sense? So another issue going on in the campaign is delegate math. Delegate math is, you know, includes superdelegates. Now, I welcome, you know, tweet me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Give me an article that clearly shows Obama or his supporters complaining about superdelegates in 2008. At the beginning of the 2008 election, Hillary Clinton also had a large collection of superdelegates that were supporting her. And when the media reported on the election and who had what super delegates, they included the superdelegates in those counts. Now, I don't recall ever hearing President Obama, now President Obama, complaining about that fact, complaining about the media reporting these superdelegates. I don't care that they. There are, I don't. I don't hear. I do not hear Obama supporters saying, "Well, that's not fair. Why should they be reporting them?" It's none of them complained about it. They just campaigned. They did their job. They went out there, they got the support of the voters, they got the support of the regular delegates and were able to convince enough super delegates to come over there his way so that he and, and he wound up getting the nomination. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did maybe he or one of his surrogates or a or some of his people who were Supporting maybe they did complain about the superdelegates, but I don't remember it. Especially not at this level. Not at this not at this stage of the game. Not not the way that the Bernie Sanders supporters are complaining about the superdelegates. Oh, they're not they shouldn't be counted. Why? Superdelegates should absolutely uh, be counted. Um, They should absolutely be counted when it comes to the media reporting the current snapshot of the election, because any report on the election and on delegate counts is a snapshot of the election at this point in time. And anybody who's following this election should know, with the exception of maybe the millennials who you know, didn't know the rules and then found out about they were like, well that's not fair started crying. If you're giving a snapshot of how things are at this point in time, it would be it is incorrect to not include how the superdelegates are leaning one way or the other. Which superdelegates are are not saying that they'll support a particular candidate at this point in time. Which candidates are saying they're going to support the candidates at this point in time ignoring the superdelegates is you know people ignore superdelegates to their own peril they are they are they're an actual part of them now if you want to change the system and want to eliminate superdelegates i welcome anybody to come in and try and change the party for that if they want to do that they're fine. No, no. Of course, a lot of people say, well, these superdelegates are not democratic. Well, we don't live in a democracy. This is the Democratic Party, but we don't live in a democracy. A democracy gives you things like gay marriage bans in 34 states. Democracy gives you things like, um, you know, unequal rights, um, the ability to Discriminate against uh, gay people, against women, against minorities. Um, checks and balances are a good thing. And some people would defend the superdelegates as a check and balance that a crazy wacko candidate wouldn't come in and take control. The Republican Party used to have unbound demo- delegates. These unbound Democrats, dem- delegates would not go to any particular candidate they were not required to go to any particular candidate instead they were party leaders who would make up their mind who could come in and stop ridiculousness nonsense from coming through like Trump but they wanted to be able to have their nominee be selected quicker they wanted a more quick determination of who the nomination was going to be so in the first round of voting they required the formerly unbound Delegates to be bound as just like every other um, delegate in the state, and so what happened? You got rid of your unbound delegates, and they, and and you have Donald Trump as your nominee, as your potential nominee at least. It looks like he's he has a very good shot of being their nominee. Not saying that either Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders are as bad as Donald Trump. Not at all. Again, as I said earlier in the show. I will enthusiastically support either one of them if either one of when either one of them is chosen to be the Democratic nominee for president of the United States. But maybe a really a guy who was, you know, not quite maybe he had two candidates that are not quite there and one of them is just really unelectable, but for some reason very popular within the Democratic Party, the superdelegates exist to make the supposedly wise decision. But if you if you don't agree with superdelegates and you want to change the system and you think there's a better way that the system can be run, you know, how... like well, I asked one question in a local Louisiana, um, one of my Louisiana friends on Facebook's uh, page where they were complaining about superdelegates. And I said, how many of you complaining about superdelegates ran for local party positions? Because on the same day as the Louisiana Democratic primary you also had elections for your uh, Democratic Executive Committees uh, for each parish or county, if you don't live in Louisiana. County is a parish and parish is a county, vice versa. So they have parish executive committees. I used to sit in the Jackson Parish Democratic Executive Committee back before I moved to Orleans Parish. Um, just as an idea. Um, so. People ran for those seats, and you also have the state central committee seats for those that election were was, were up for grabs. And if these Sanders supporters didn't run and try and win and actually win to get into the party, try and change the rules, then guess what? Then they really can't really complain about anything because you you need to change the rules of the future. You can't change the rules now. It's like, you know, one of the things I use like let's say you're playing Monopoly. And in the middle of playing Monopoly, you uh you uh roll three triples in a row and you, you your character piece gets sent to sent to jail. You complain. Well that's not fair. Well, it was in the rules. It was in the rules of the game that you agreed to play. Bernie Sanders agreed to play by his rules, and I don't hear—I don't really hear Bernie Sanders complaining about the delegates either. Um, I don't hear him complaining about the delegates. It's just his, you know. There, there are, you know, I don't know if it's his official surrogates or if it's, you know, back channels getting to the other people that hey. You people go running at the at the you know the grassroots level. You make the stink about the delegate counts. Don't let it come from us. It'll come from you guys, and and we'll uh. We'll be able to be critical of of the delegate counts and throw the delegate count into question. But it shouldn't be thrown into question. Why should the delegate math not be thrown into question? Because it is a snapshot at any given time. It's just like releasing a poll or releasing the current results of the election. You know, why, you know, it's not, these delegate counts aren't finalized, they're not finalized to the convention. Why are you announcing them now? Why aren't they complaining about them being announced? Because they would know them. they would now be kind of ridiculous. So, anyway, let me go ahead and take my last commercial break. Uh, take your calls as well, Three four seven eight three eight is area code three four seven eight three eight eight three six eight. This is liberal band radio talk to the left that's right representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs, so should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to CassieZCharms.OrigamiOwl.com. That is s s i e z Charms.OrigamiOwl.com and contact Cassie today. Welcome back to Little Dan Radio, Talk to the west. That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, call this show It's area code 347-838-8368. This is area code 347-838-8368. Sorry, I'm laughing. I just heard something interesting from my wife on uh, Facebook Messenger that I was actually, you know, sometimes you learn something new about your partner uh, after being married to her for a long time. I guess long as a relative amount of term. We got married in uh it'll be nine years this July. Um and there's something that I didn't know apparently that she just told me that is a little bit, you know, a little surprised. But not in a bad way. Not necessarily in a good way either. Just uh, you know, I'm amused. Anyway. <laughs> just leave it at that for right now. Um, just back to the topic. You no know, I said to my one of my coworkers this week that that this election, you know, has been giving me, I think, more of a headache than any other election, even the elections that I ran in. And I was frustrated in some of those elections that I ran in because I wasn't getting the support. But, you know, just, you know, and, and, and it's more my fellow liberals that are frustrating me. You know, I've been stating some of them. And perhaps some of my, you know, coverage today has seemed to be anti-Bernie-centric, Um but you know, it's, it's not because it's not because again, I don't have a preference between Bernie and Hillary in, in this race. Again, I'm happily support either one against the Republican nominee in the fall. But it's the supporters that are driving me nuts. And again, just like the Hillary supporters were driving me nuts when they're trying to claim that Bernie is being sexist, um, I'm just as annoyed at the at the Sanders supporters for trying to point out some negative about Hillary Clinton, um, you know, going after the Southern states and also the whole thing about the superdelegate math and, you know, how ridiculous they're being when it comes to that. So it's not that it's that I'm anti-Bernie. It's just that I don't necessarily agree with some of the tactics uh, that both of the campaigns use. And I'm finding that a lot of the tactics of the supporters of the campaigns that are using that are pissing me off happen to come from more of the Bernie Sanders side. Again, this has nothing to do with Bernie. I'll happily support him, just like I'll happily support Hillary. But the supporters in it of themselves and their actions in this race, and you know the the vile way in which they they treat. there are bad, you know, again there there are bad Hillary supporters who who say bad things about Sanders, and I disagree with them as well. But just the just the level of, of you know almost hatred that I'm seeing coming from some of the Sanders supporters about Hillary just doesn't make any sense to me, um, especially when like I was watching I was watching the debate, and I honestly got bored because we could only hear both people saying almost the same thing in just a different ways and trying to and trying to explain to you why their way of supporting this makes them better than the other person's way of supporting it, like you know. One of the things that Hillary said about Sanders during the, uh, during the debate, that I, I, while I was still watching it, was that she was being critical of the vote against the auto bailout bill that was included in the overall Wall Street bailout bill. And look, we understand why Bernie voted against I understand why Bernie voted against it. I don't necessarily agree that I would have done the same thing in his situation um, because... You know, sometimes you have to make tough choices, but you know, the the day and I I just I it's disingenuous, I guess, on the part of the Hillary Clinton campaign to suggest that, you know, Sanders was somehow in the wrong for voting against the bill. Um, you know, when he voted against the auto when it was a standalone thing and that didn't pass. But the idea here is that, you know, while You know, it might be a little disingenuous to suggest that he was against the auto ballot portion when he was, and he was against other parts of the bill. And and when you you make, when you get to Washington, you have to make those hard decisions because usually you don't have bills that are single-issue bills, especially when it comes to budget things and funding. So you have to say, is voting for this part of the bill more important or is voting against this other part of the bill more important? And then you have to deal with the consequences. You know, and while it might be a little bit disingenuous for Hillary Clinton to say, you know, this is the case, it might be fully reasonable for the voters of Michigan to say, look, he voted against this bill and this bill helped us. So we don't necessarily agree with him on that. On the other hand, they might say, look, we, we understand that he supported the auto ballot overall, but he didn't want to have the Wall Street bailout, and the Wall Street people put us in a situation in the diverse way. So there's, you know, different ways to look at it. And you know you basically you have to deal with that and so maybe it's okay to, to bring those things up um bring those vote discrepancies up and let the voters make up their mind as to you know almost the king solomon decision of where you know he had a baby you couldn't decide whose baby it is so you decide to cut the baby in half and then you shouldn't get to keep a half you know if instead in this case you have a an issue that you want to support um you know, but it's in a bill that you don't like, so you decide: is it more important to, to get the thing you want passed, if it's in a pile of crap, or is it more important to not let the pile of crap pass, even though it has something good that you like in it? So, that's pretty much what politics has become, or or is, or has been for a while now, and which which is why it's kind of hard to put certain you know, votes it's kinda of hard sometimes to hold certain votes against people because you need to understand the context in which they were given. Now, when you have a situation like David Vitter did in Louisiana where he knew he was going to vote against the spending bill, but he still voted for an amendment to plug in lots the pork for Louisiana, that you know, that is hypocrisy right there, because that is like, well I I know the bill's gonna pass, but I'm gonna vote against the bill anyway. But before voting against the bill, let me put stuff in it that I want to have happen. So then I can take credit for getting this fund these funds for Louisiana while taking credit for voting against spending. That kind of ridiculous is, is messed up in politics. And, and and people would be right to call Vitter out on that. No. Basically they didn't have to because of his hooker scandal. Um, unfortunately, his hooker scandal for some reason didn't hurt him in the next election and but it hurt him in his race for governor. So, I don't know. It's, that's just bizarre um, that he was able to survive that Senate race after, right after the, the the Hitler scandal came out. But the hooker scandal hurt him running, and running for governor. That's just weird, because they're both statewide elections. And, but back to the point of the election, you know, and pretty much the end of the show, uh, is that um, the problem I have with all lot of this infighting is, is – we should have a discussion of 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 the of the issues of the day. Let Bernie and Hillary decide how they would govern as president, what they would propose to Congress, what they would pass, what where they see this country going with them as its leader, and then put up their politicians you know you can you can discuss the the merits of one side and the problems with the other side, and you can do that rationally and civilly. And at the end of the day, you can come, you can make a stronger party out of it. Or you could you could keep infighting, you could keep attacking each other, and you could keep, you know, trying to make up crazy arguments that, you know, somehow Bernie Sanders is a big old sexist, even though he's not. Or but somehow Hillary's wrong for utilizing President Obama's campaign strategy in 2008 that won him the election. You know, you could, you could, if, but you, you get, you resort to levels of that silliness, then you're going to end up with a divided party. You're going to end up with a situation where people are going to be alienated and they're going to stay home because of the supporters of the other candidates. They're going, they're going to vote against, they're going to vote or not vote against their best interests. Now, just real quickly, you know, I basically said a lot of this is moot. It states like Louisiana, where Louisiana's going to vote for the Republican. So, in Louisiana, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and Hillary Clinton's the nominee, and you don't feel like coming out to vote, it's not really going to affect the difference much at all. Mm -hmm. But, big but, if you have a situation where you have a third-party candidate coming in, they've said that, we've already heard that Bloomberg potentially might run if – it's Trump, it's Sanders. You might even have if it's Trump and anybody, you might have uh Mitt Romney jumping in as the third with the third party run or what have you. If that's the case, if you have a three party showdown, you have go read the Constitution and see how a president gets picked if you don't get two hundred and seventy uh, electoral votes to win. Go read how it's done. If you're a liberal, you're a democrat not going to be pretty. You're not going to like the results. You're not going to like how that's done either. If you didn't know about the superdelegates, I doubt you're going to know about it that either. And you better show up in every single state, each 50 states, because you need to win states that you normally don't win because when those lines get drawn right down the middle and you know third party candidates are actually advocating for uh, electoral votes and maybe it actually happens this time, unlike what happened with Perot you'll then see um, it's highly pro- possible that you don't get 270 and that, con- and that the House of Representatives picks the president, and you're not going to like that at all. Anyway, that's the end of this week's show. Uh, tune in next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, on Blog Talk Radio. Um, follow me on Facebook.com slash Liberal band at Liberal Radio on Twitter, uh, or Liberal Dan.com. Again, so next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.